The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Acts of the Apostles The Necessity of Divine Encounter Acts 26 and verse 14 Are you ready? Has element been so far? Huh? Praise the Lord. Acts 26 14. Can we have it on the screen? Now, <clears throat> I'm going to do a recap of divine the teaching on design encounters, and I'll take it fully. Amen. Amen. All right, because I rushed it the last time. Glory to God. I read, can read one to go. It says, What? And when we were all fallen to the earth, this is Paul speaking, narrating his experience. I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. 15. Everybody, do you want to go? He says, What? Go on. Which I will appear unto thee. Which I will appear unto thee. You know one thing I found out when you study the scriptures? You're going to find out that God wants a personal relationship. The man that works with God will have encounters he can point to. He said, the things I will appear unto thee. Hallelujah. All right, so we said men are a product of encounters. Man is a product of encounters. The direction a man's life goes is a function of the potency and the vibrancy of the encounters of the God kind he has. Hallelujah. Encounters of the God kind he has. Praise God. These encounters become a reference point for their persuasion and decisions. Now, one important thing to note about the encounter is that they both bring two things. They bring what? Conviction and what? Talk to me. Conviction and what? Courage. They bring conviction and they bring what? Courage. Amen. Look at Exodus chapter number 3. Exodus chapter number 3. And this one. It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of Oreb, even mountain of God, even to Oreb. Now verse 2. Everybody read. One to go. It says what? Mm -hmm. Yes. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not what? Consumed. Ah! What an encounter. 
But it was a vision. Go on. He now says, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not formed. Now, notice something very interesting. Is that the vision was to get Moses' attention. Praise the Lord. Now, there are certain things that have happened during LMM, during these few days that you have been here, all right, that they were to get your attention. They were to get your attention on what God wants to do with your life. Hallelujah. You heard words, you heard prophecies, hands were laid on you, the power of God went to you, it was to get your attention. To get you attention and get you conscious of what God has put in you and God's purpose and plan for your life. Hallelujah. All right? So he says, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not born. Next verse, can we read? It says what? And when the Lord saw that, he turned aside to see God called unto him out of the midst of Jesus and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. I am here. Next verse. And he said, draw not nigh um, hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Continue. All right. Remember, we also said that what makes the ground holy is not because anything, uh, anything the ground had done. Amen. The ground is holy because God was there. Praise God. So in the same way, you are not holy because of anything you have done. You are holy because what? You are the temple of the living God. God lives on your inside. So when we say the believer is holy, we are not saying the believer, all right, has done anything to qualify to be called that. It's only because God lives in him. Praise God. So I am what I am because God lives in me. You are who you are because God lives in you. Praise God. So your identity must be tied up in God and not in yourself. Because if your identity is tied up in your humanity, you are going to falter. But if it is tied up in what God has called you and who God has called you, you're going to be stable. Because God is eternal. Hallelujah. Whatever social status you have on the earth is not eternal. So you must not tie your identity to all of that. You are married. It's not eternal. You have cars. It's not eternal. You have houses. It's not internal. Praise God. So, even when you say, I'm a rich man, it has a timestamp. There will be a day you will die. You can't take anything with you. Praise God. But your identity in God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that is eternal. I am holy, that is eternal. I am the house of God, the temple of the living God, that is what? Eternal. Praise God. So, build your life and build your consciousness on eternal verities rather than mundane ones. So he says, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look on, on God. So let us review. We said, all right, that one of the things, the things that um, divine encounters do, all right, is that he brings to your consciousness the revelation of the nature and the character of God. God reveals his name to um, Moses here. Oh, thank you, sir. God reveals his name to Moses here. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. He reveals his name here. He said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Listen to me. Let me tell you something. There is a depth of conviction that comes on the believer. Who has got or has had an encounter with the nature that character and the person of God. Those kind of people don't turn back. 
Hallelujah. So when you hear somebody say, I was a Christian, but I'm no longer a Christian, the likelihood is that that person never encountered God. That person was never a Christian, you see. Because, you see, we live in a very, very religious environment. Many of us were born into Christian homes where we had Christian appellations and Christian labels. Oh, your daddy was a deacon, your daddy was a pastor. You know, everybody has all these, uh, these bands and these uh, tags and these labels, you understand? Christian, my name is Emmanuel. I come from Emmanuel City, blah, 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 blah. Listen to me. You are not a Christian until you have encountered God. That encountering of God is what we call being born again. Amen. The Bible says no man can say Jesus is Lord, but by what? The Spirit. So for a man to come to the acknowledgement that Jesus is Lord, he must have encountered the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. How can a man say Jesus is Lord, then come and say he's not? How can a man say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and say, oh, I, I discovered something else. What else did you discover? Where did you discover it from? Praise God. He reveals the nature, all right, the character and the person of God. So Moses got to, all right, Moses had heard about God. They taught him in his nursery school. They taught him in his church, all right, in the, in the gathering of the Jews. They they, they talked about Abraham, Isaac, and all of that to him. But he never had an encounter with the God they were talking about. Amen. Never had an encounter with the God they were talking about. So he had it in him that God was going to use him to do something, but he never knew the ways of God, how God would do it. There are many of you here, you have been trying to do something. You know God has called you to something. You know he has called you to the ministry. You know, you know, you know. But you've not have had an encounter with that person. An intimate, intimate, intimate relationship with him. There is having an intimate relationship with him. I told you, you know, I have some folks that say, oh, Oh, um, the believer does not need to be intimate with the Spirit of God. How many people say that? And what they're saying is this. They're saying, because he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. When I'm talking of intimacy, I am not talking about close. I'm not talking about distance. I am not saying the Spirit of God is far from you. You need to bring him close. No, you are the house of the living God. Praise God. The Spirit of God is domiciled within your body. Well, when I'm talking about intimacy, I'm talking about getting to know the one who lives in you. You can be married to somebody and live as roommates. I don't know if you know that. I don't know what I'm talking about. You can be married to someone and not be intimate with them. There are many married people that their wives, husbands, that their wives don't know what they are doing and wives that their husbands don't know what they are doing. There are some husbands that their wives discover that they have other children when the man dies. I mean, there's one story like that. There was this guy buried, was being buried. The wife was there with her kids. Then one other woman shows up with kids. And they were all there looking. They were like, you know, it's a right, wrong time to be discussing <laughs> that situation. The guy is dead. So everybody has to be looking like, don't worry, let us finish this one first. We will sort out that one later. Some of you, that's how you are with the Spirit of God. Roommates. Praise God. Roommates. 
I've told you because the Spirit of God is present within your mortal body. And he lives in you. Glory to God. You can have divine encounters every day. Hallelujah. You saw the power of God flow yesterday during the Holy Ghost meeting? You can have that every day. Every day. If you are married, both of you are born again, filled with the Spirit of God, you can have Holy Ghost meetings every day. Hallelujah. Every day. Because you are born again, encounters are not visitations. Praise God. The reason why the Bible says, be not drunk with wine when it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And if being filled with the Spirit is an instruction, is because there is no, in the Old Testament, God visited his people. But in the New Testament, God has inhabited his people. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, God inhabited the praises of his people. In the New Testament, God inhabits the people. It is the inhabited people that now gives praises. Hallelujah. So that means that in the Old Testament, they praise God so he would visit. Hallelujah. They praise God so he would come. In the New Testament, hallelujah, we praise God because we have been inhabited. And because we praise him, all right, because we have been inhabited, we now manifest the inhabitation. The power flows because we have been what? Inhabited. So that's why, believers, we can we ooze out. We can ooze out the fragrance of God's perfume. Praise God. Wherever believers are gathered together, divine encounter is just a minute away. We can produce it. Glory to Jesus. Because the Spirit of God lives inside us. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? I said, are you learning something? Now let's continue. Second thing, divine encounter does it that it increases your consciousness of the voice and presence of God. You know, here, we find that Moses became aware. He had never heard the God, voice of God before. This was the first time. How many of you know that? This was the very first time. Praise God. Amen. Let's continue reading. Next verse. And Moses hid his face for said to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Now stop. I want to show you something. The reason why you would have divine encounters is not for your entertainment. You understand? It's not for your entertainment. There are many of us that want to see visions for the sake of seeing one. Because someone saw one. So you want to be able to brag that you saw one. It's not for entertainment. Look at it. The Lord is saying, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their souls. So many times when God appears to you and gives you a word, he has a people in mind. He has a people in mind. There are people that are under the oppression of the devil. That God is preparing you to reach. 
So the encounter has a purpose. The vision has a purpose. LMM has a purpose. So if you attend this conference, and all you do is to do hashtags and go back to your normal business, you have wasted the last four days. The proof that this meeting, this conference had an impact in your life is that your habits will change. Your priorities will change. You will realign when it comes to associations because there are some associations you cannot continue with. Are you following? Are you following? Are you following? There are people waiting. You, in your present form, with your present mindset, with your present perspective, cannot help them. Praise God. The encounters in the word, the encounters in the Holy Ghost is to prepare you and get you to be in that form. God could help. God, all right, Moses was tending sheep. We in media. He was learning how to lead sheep. Praise the Lord. Why many of you realize that the Egyptian and um, the, the children of Israel were more difficult to lead than sheep? Sheep don't argue. The children of Israel were more like goats. Praise the Lord. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? And you know, with the sheep, it was predictable. He just got up, took them out, brought them in, got up, took them out. For 40 years, he was doing the same thing. I, I, I would love, there will, there will be a time I would teach on those 40 years before the divine encounter, before the call. The silent years. Where it looks as though God is saying nothing. Where you are going to do, praise God. You are going to do routines. It's an essential part of your preparation. The routines, when things are looking boring, where it looks as though there's nothing exciting happening. Are you following what I'm talking about? Nothing exciting is happening. All right? You're just coming to church. You're just leading the cell. It's just monotonous. And you're just doing it again and again. 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 Be mindful that during those boring times, God is preparing you. Many times, we miss out on the... Uh, we miss out on the uh, less attractive sides of the trainings of God. For example, if God has called you to be a pastor, you will love it when they call you to hold the mic. You love it when we say we should come and preach, you understand? Come and address us. Come and teach on this. Come and teach on that. Come and teach on this. But you may not love it when we say you should go and organize a bus and get people from a particular place to transport them. And the people, you told them that they need to be there by 7 o'clock. You got there by 7 o'clock, they've not had their bath. So you are going to try to get them, you understand, and you're like this. And they say, oh, you're going to do it again next week, and the upper week, and the upper week, and the upper week. You see, there's nothing, I mean, come on, there's nothing charismatic about this. There's nothing fun about this. I'm not being edified. I know, brother. I'm not being edified, but this is, this is annoying. This is insulting. I am called by God. Remember, the man that cannot be sent to theorize cannot be called to be a prophet to the nations. Because if he is too big to theorize, he will abuse the nations. I've told you, never serve. When, you see, one of the things you look for in a leader of a church or something, or right, someone that says it's called, check who he has served and who he is serving. Remember what Apostle said, we do not graduate from this thing. 
Praise God. We do not what? We don't graduate. Remember, I went for a conference, my, you know what my pastor was talking about. Let me tell you why I was doing that conference. I was doing it intentionally. I can't, you, you, I can't go to a, my pastor, then we'll we be doing, we are both men of God. Would you have, no, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm his protocol. You understand? Carry this Bible. Make sure it was okay. Praise the Lord. Stayed in the shadows. I'm learning. Praise the Lord. There is no shame in what? Learning. Look at him and say, there's no shame in learning. There is no shame in discipleship. Don't promote yourself too early. Nobody attends, leaves a school with a degree that he gave himself. <laughs> that he gave himself. Nobody will hire you based on a degree you designed. How many of you have designed your master's degree? You just designed it. You just told the graphics, I designed masters of this. And you give yourself. Awarded by me to me. <laughs> that is what many people are doing with ministry. Someone just wake up, bam, I'm apostle. Then, you know, social media is crazy. You just put it there, apostle to the nation. And because we don't talk to all the person's feelings, we say, go away. <laughs> Boom! Prophets to the nations. From where? We don't know. By how? We don't know. For who? We don't know. Just like that. Then some funny person will now go and be saying, Yes, Lord. Yes, what? Yes, Lord. Ah, it's going to destroy your life. There are many ladies that have gone to sit down under some prophets, and three abortions later, they say, I die noon. Listen, uh, listen, I'm telling you now. Before you start having funny experiences, you see, there's some experiences you not be having. Had I known, it was there. You could see it. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Never be at any point in your life in ministry you are accountable to nobody. You are your own Lord and Master. Nobody can. It's not. You are lost when you are that way. You are lost when you are that way. Praise God. Let's continue. Are you learning? All right, let's continue. So it increases your consciousness of the voice and presence of God. You see, because when you have an encounter with God, you knew how the voice sounded, right? So you know, oh, this is how the voice sounds like. When you read the word and you have encounters with the word, hallelujah. And one thing about encounters with God and encounters with the word is that it makes you hungry for more how you will know someone who is having a spirit healthy spiritual relationship is that that person is always hungry for more he knows he has not arrived number three it magnifies divine encounters magnify the revelation of the nature power and character of god number four divine encounters clarifies god's eternal purpose for your life. Let's continue. He said, and Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry by reason of their tax matters, for I know their sorrows. Verse 8, everybody read it says, And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large uh, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Evites and the Jebusites. Verse 9. Everybody read it says, What? 
Now, therefore, behold, the cry of Jehovah is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Remember, I said, when you have a divine encounter with God, God has a people in mind. Hallelujah. Listen to me. You must not forget. You must always keep it in front of your mind. Hallelujah. That if you do not answer God's call upon your life, Hallelujah. There will be people who will not fulfill God's plan for their life. Your success, glory to God, hallelujah, your own success in fulfilling God's plan, amen, is tied to someone else's success in fulfilling God's plan. Praise God. Say praise God. Say with me, I will not feel God. I will not feel God. I will not feel God. I'm a success. And when I'm saying I'm a success, I'm not talking about cars, lands, and houses. That's good. We'll have those for the gospel. But when I'm saying I'm a success, you're saying I'm a success in God's eternal plans and purposes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go on. God's eternal plan and purposes. Now, the fifth thing an encounter does is shows you your office, place, and mission field. Your office, place, and mission field. Moses was 80 years and he did not know he was perfect. 80. Until this encounter revealed his office. Hallelujah. Now, you know, something that is interesting. You know, when Apostle was talking about um, you know, um, you're called to prophet a prophet, but you now have to discover who a prophet is. Remember that? Now, Moses did not have that opportunity because there was nobody before him in his generation. Now, remember, we talked about different kinds of people God calls. Remember, we said he would call a pioneer. So Moses was a what? A pioneer. Paul, in some way, was a pioneer in the revelation. Because up to that time, nobody preached what Paul preached. Praise God. So that's why I think Moses needed 40 years with sheep. Hallelujah. Under Jethro. Many of us do not realize that the advice Jethro gave Moses was the advice a boss will give someone that is answerable to him. I mean, how many of you know, know, know that? Yeah. Because you find out something interesting. Moses was leading the children of Israel, about three million people. And Moses, though anointed, though a prophet, did not have sound administrative structure. Be careful when you think that because you are anointed, you know everything. You don't. That is why the, the, the continual theme of this conference when we're talking about submission, being a student is very key. Because unless you have the heart of a student, glory to God, have the mantle of a prophet, mantle of an apostle, mantle of a teacher, but the heart of a student, except you are able to combine those two stances effectively, you will retrogress. You understand? Jethro comes. Jethro was not the, who am I, my No, no. Jethro was not in any vision, nothing. 
Jethro did not part the Red Sea. Not like that. He just comes and brings his daughter, Moses' wife, and Moses' two children, and says, Whoa, man of God, you've been away for a while. Wonderful. Thank God for your life. Praise God. Before you forget, you're married. <laughs> so <laughs> I came to remind you. Because you have all these beautiful honeys that are Israelites who may want to marry you. So let me remind you that <laughs> for 40 years, you have some kids, you know, praise God. He comes and brings them, you know, to him. Because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that he came with Zipporah and the children. So uh, sure, because sometimes men of God can forget that they are married. Apostle, you know, I'm, you can forget. Just go out on mission field. Ah, miracles, dead, blind, deaf, something, something, something. And you're just like that. You're just continuing. And you're just informing your wife. And your wife, one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Doing the work of the Lord. Wife is alone. Hugging blankets. Hallelujah. You need a Jethro in your life. <laughs> oh, I, I know we never had the time to talk about the minister and his marriage. That one's on the... We figure it out. The marriage is important, though. Very important. Very, very important. Very important. As you are doing ministry, don't forget your wife. Don't forget your children. Hallelujah. 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 Don't forget. So I have it. You take care of the wife. Like I always say, my darling, I say, baby, when I'm traveling out, we're going to get that. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to go to get that. Amen. We're going to UK. It's two tickets, baby. We're going, man. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's cold over there, man. Oh, boy. It's cold over there, man. I'm not taking no chances, man. Dear Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, boy. No, 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 no. Mm. Mm. Praise God. Yeah, we just carry her, no. <laughs> Have you noticed, Pastor Adebo is always going past the follow? Always, I'm like, what's going on, man? She's come out, she's by, she's there. Before they set the man of God up. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Set the man of God up. <laughs> she's there. Amen. Praise God. You just you have some wisdom. You have some wisdom, man. Because you see, when you're anointed, the devil can't catch on the anointing front. Witches and wizards, can you understand? Oh, you just bring her honey. Just bring her that honey. Man of God. Oh, we thank God for your life. We thank God for your life. Oh, you're amazing. Oh. Just make the mistake. That's when you understand that there is a ministry of accusation and a ministry of slander. And that you can hear 100 deaf ears. But when the devil presses play on accusation and slander, that the deaf ears you on stop, we look like what what so what? Have you noticed that thing? That when the devil presses play on accusation, all the mighty things God has done with a man, people now say, What is it? Is he the only one? No matter what a man of God does, if there's a grace at work in his life, I don't want to know about the mistakes, I will concentrate on the grace. But not everybody has sense like that. So that is why a man of God must have wisdom. Praise God. Wisdom to protect the ministry, 
to protect what God has called him to do, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and bring no offense to the name of the Lord. It is defense. Walking in the spirit is a defense for your ministry. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My time is almost up. Let me just wrap this up as much as I can. Hallelujah. Amen. Like I was saying, my pastor was saying, you cannot preach everything in one service. Glory to God. That's why you have series. Amen. So, it shows you your office, place, and mission field. So, in Exodus chapter 3, we have the clarification concerning Moses' call. In Acts 26, clarification concerning Paul's call, even though Paul had to later on go and study the details of it. Because you will never really understand um, the details of your call through an encounter. An encounter is not to tell you everything. An encounter shows you what you need to know, but you now have to study into it. So God gives you, this. I've called you to do this, you now have a lifestyle, lifetime to study what it is about. Hallelujah. Let me give you an example. For example, the Lord spoke to me when I started our ministry. All right. What was, I mean, he, didn't, he didn't tell me, I've called you to be this or that at the beginning. He just told me to hold crusades. To hold crusades and we had people together. Get them filled with the Holy Ghost. Get them healed. All of that, you know, was very raw. Very raw. That was, I was not even known as a Bible teacher. They didn't know me as a Bible teacher. One of my classmates was saying that someone was telling me, telling him that, oh, Pastor Femi is so sound and Bible teaching is a Bible. Bible can. No, Pastor doesn't teach now. Ah, no, doesn't teach. Spirit, 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 spirit that he does. Because back then, everything I did was spirit. I, the, the ministry name was School of the Spirit. Yeah, that was the name of the ministry, School of the Spirit. We called it Ruach Ministries. Maybe we don't know that the first name of the ministry was actually Ruach Ministries. In 2003, that was the name I gave it. I taught spirit because I was following Benny. You know, Benny, everything is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. That was it. So everything was spirit, spirit. So in my meetings, it was always, they always say shibushiri. It was always about people, I mean, people were falling under the power. That was like, what? So this is, you see, we're doing it back then. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So you will discover as time goes. I know. That as time goes, I'll enter another phase. And Lord will say, okay, it's time for you to step into this. So, I'm going to give you an advice. Don't call yourself a ministry title too early. Let the results tell us which one you are. Do you hear what I said? Let the results tell us which one you are. God says, I'm an apostle. He hasn't planted any church. Can you plant first and let it stabilize? Praise God. Apostle Danjuma is an apostle. He has planted churches. Praise God. Amen. Raised pastors, raised men. Paul, the same way. Then there are some people that they say they are pastors, but they are actually apostolic. 
because of the work they are doing. It is the grace that tells you the gifts you have. The result tells you the gifts. Now, there are times when I've told you that there's a difference between when God calls a man and when he sends him. There's a difference. Go and check all two scriptures. He called Paul, but Paul didn't, wasn't sent until 13 years later. Sometimes, the gap between the calling and the sending is long. And that's where the frustration is. There are certain ministers, listen to me, the Lord told me something very powerful one time. He said, son, there are certain many people that misinterpret my calling them for my sending them. So when they hear the call, instead of them to do what is necessary, they go and start something. Praise God. But, because I have not sent them, and they have not been commissioned into the work, that thing they start will not grow. Praise God. Remember what Apostle Abbey talking about? He said, he is kept under tutors and governors until the time what? Appointed by the Father. It means the person that determines the, the appointed time it's not the son. It is the father. And you're being in a hurry. You're being stupid. Does not make God say, hey, uh, see I suffering. Let us shorten the time. No. When the Lord told me recently, when we announced the television and planting on churches, I'm talking about Lekki Church, I know. The Lord says something to me. He says, son, do you know, he said, this is not the first time I'm giving you this instruction. I told you before, but he did nothing about it. He said, Lee, listen, you would have stayed in the same place until you obeyed. He said, because when I give you an instruction, disobedience to that one disqualifies you for the next instruction. You are going to stay there until you obey. And that was not all. There were certain things he instructed me to start and to stop in my personal life. Listen, you are dealing with Jesus. Jesus is not your boyfriend. He is the Lord. He is Lord Jesus. He is commander. He is the Lord. Being Lord means he has to be obeyed. When you obey, you are not doing him a favor. Of you, when you give, you now be doing as though you are doing God a favor. No, no, no. You are doing. <laughs> as someone say, I, I, I give in this church. I've been a blessing to this church. Anyway, from your mouth. <laughs> you, wow! We thank God for your life. Mighty man you are, pillar of the church. The foundation, the decking, and the roofing. <laughs> if there's anything I found out, let me tell you a story. Shall I tell you a story? Shall I tell you a story? Hmm? As a pastor, sometimes, when God tells you to do something, you will be thinking that he will use some people. You know what I'm talking about, God. So you'll be thinking that it's some people that we use. So one time, 
we were, let me be on the let of talk. <laughs> we were doing this place, right? So, during our 10th anniversary, we decided not to do a big, you know, because the space was small, you know, constricted. And we don't want to go and get a hall. I, I, I had my time my staff. So we said, let us do it small, 10th anniversary. And then Pastor Dara, we organized tables. The place was so, it was, it was too small, right? you know. So we didn't even announce that much. We wanted a small, you know. So I invited people. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. Because we wanted to raise, I'm on this 20 million naira, something like that. We wanted to raise 20 million naira because we wanted to break down this place, buy the gen. This was last year. So I called people from my industry. Glory to God. CEOs. CEOs. Praise God. Ah, did you see them? They were here now, weren't they? Big people. They're my friends. Call them. Special invitation. Kabaya. Special invitation. Sit down. I even there was one that was out of the country, a woman. Told her, come. Why you come? They all came in their G Wagon. G Wagon. Boom, boom, boom. Came all of them. They packed outside. We're bringing them in. Whoa, yeah. Glory to God. You're going to drop something. Glory to Jesus. Organized buffet. Was it not buffet or something? You know, it was everything's cool. We spent like 400k on that stuff. You know how much I was raised from the entire thing 50k. Oh, yeah, <laughs> 50 50,000 there from the entire thing 50,000. 50, then the Lord said to me, said, Stop claiming to look to me when you are looking to men. Hallelujah. You know, there was a particular lady that had given us a million before. I was hoping she would give again. I thought she was going to use the lady. And she didn't give. And I said, yeah, I closed the door. Because we began to, we began to look at this. I want, I want you to look at me. And what God, God said, open from unaffected places. So the thing is this. When God is using you as a uh, means to fund. Never get high-minded. Never begin to think that you are something. You are not, you know. Praise God. You are being used by God. Stay in that place to say, Father, thank you for the opportunity to be what? Used. To be a blessing. Because if you rise in price, God says, eh, okay. He will open another door from somewhere else. Because God is the one that turns the hearts of men anywhere he wants to. Praise God. Alright, I gotta stop. Because of time. Time up, right? Okay. Alright, I, I will. Yeah, I gotta stop because of time. Praise God. And I, you know, you have me here. At least the lucky church starts. <laughs> You have just listened to a message by Rev. Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.